0: The Triad Podcast Network is sponsored by Jennifer Johnson, owner of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and a local certified financial planner who helps people plan for big financial goals such as retirement or college. Especially now, navigating markets is challenging, particularly for those gearing up for retirement, young professionals, business owners, or retirees. Am I saving enough for retirement? As a business owner, do I need a workplace retirement plan to attract and retain key employees? Am I using the right individual investment strategies? Personally, I had some of those questions. Plus, how do I save for my kids' college education? So I went and got local independent advice from Jennifer and her team at Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They're located in Winston-Salem, and you can get started like I did with a complimentary, no-obligation consultation right here in the triad. Just call 336-701-1600 or email jennifer at the number 3-magnolias.com jennifer at 3-magnolias.com and be sure to catch Jennifer's podcast covering all sorts of financial tips, trends, and strategies right here on this same feed with the Triad Podcast Network. Securities offered through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors. 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. You're listening to the Locked In Podcast. Here's your host, Algernon Cash.
1: I'm Algernon Cash, and you're locked in. Over the past several weeks, I've been highlighting a lot of what went on in the North Carolina General Assembly's short session. I know so many of the legislators that work in Raleigh. Don't believe any of these sessions are short.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: They're all long. Um, So we want to try to keep the audience informed as to what went on in the session, what passed, what didn't pass. What can you look out for on the horizon? Um, We did have a political roundtable last week, and that that conversation is still available on the podcast and the Facebook page. Um, We had Mitch Kokai from the Carolina Journal, also with John Locke Foundation, Uh, Senator Krawick, as well as Representative Hardister, uh, joined us for a roundtable. And coming up in a couple of weeks, I'll have a business roundtable with North Carolina Treasurer Dale Falwell, and we'll be talking a lot about sort of economic development and North Carolina now being ranked number one for business in the country. So a lot of things happening here in North Carolina. Today, I've got our friend Representative Dr. Amber Baker is on the line here with us today. And, um, Dr. Baker, you guys, despite it being a short session, it was very active. Um, I always like to start out with the question of what are you most proud of and maybe what are you disappointed about from this session?
2: Well, I I think what I would be – probably not most proud of, but definitely satisfied is that both in the long session and the short session, we were able to get budgets passed. And that's something that we have not been able to do for several years now. So definitely um, glad we were able to do that. Um, I think, you know, what I'm probably most disappointed is once again, um, we we didn't fulfill our obligation to pass Medicaid expansion when we were so close. And um, failure to to continue to pay our um, teachers at a rate that will kind of torch some of the exodus that's occurring as a result of the low salaries and not being able to give our retirees cost of living raises. And so those those two big things um, were really concerning for me.
1: Yeah, and those cost of living increases are critically important right now when we're seeing um, the inflationary pressure that that we're seeing in our economy. I know the um, consumer price index came out today and um, prices are up 8.5% highest um, or or fastest rise in prices that we've seen probably since around 1981, 82. So yeah, those cost of living increases are pretty important right now. Um, Everybody seems to be happy that a budget got passed and it, it looked like at least for a moment, uh, Republicans and Democrats were able to get somewhat on the same page um, to pass a budget. What I thought was really interesting is your number one disappointment from the House side happened to be um, Senator Krovic's Number one disappointment from the Senate side. Um, she really thought Medicaid expansion was going to pass. A number of Senate Republicans have actually gotten on board now with, yeah. with Medicaid expansion. Um, to the chagrin of a lot of conservatives that are out there. Um, and now they say the the major obstacle to passing Medicaid expansion is no longer Republicans, but more so like the healthcare stakeholders out there. They seem to be in opposition to this to this bill.
2: Well, I, you know, personally, I can't attest to that. Um, I've not gotten any calls or um, any any emails to 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 that end. Um, But we do have the word of the speaker that come December, when they finish their their study, (laughs) as if we need to study this anymore, um, that we will take a vote. Um, on the Medicaid expansion bill. Um, So I am hopeful that he keeps his word. I think it's long overdue. Uh, We have so many people that are in need of it, Not, not just poor people, right? We got working people that can't, Um, afford health care. Our rural areas can benefit from the amount of revenue that's going to be generated. So um, one of the things I've learned is that while I I have an obligation to Forsyth County, um, specifically because they elected me, I also have worked really hard to see how the decisions we make in Raleigh impact some of our surrounding counties and our rural areas. So that when I'm making a decision, I'm making it with a full, informed perspective, and not just my narrow perspective based on my lived experiences here in Forsyth County.
1: And I think that's very profound. um, You know, to 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 be in that position and say, you know, I represent the the the. The entire county, and not just the east part of the city, and 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 that that's I think that's a very very good perspective to take, and and you know I think when you think about Medicaid, you also have to consider the fact that just in the last few years, because of the pandemic, um, because of all the emergency Medicaid expansion that has happened, you've got a lot of working class people who are now on Medicaid. So if we don't figure out how to get uh, Medicaid expanded here in North Carolina, it's working class people. That are actually going to get thrown off the rolls. And so um, I, I'm, I'm hopeful, as you are and actually pretty optimistic that Medicaid will get expanded now that you've seen so many of the um, Senate Republican leaders um, sort of sort of get on board with the bill. If you're just not joining us, you are locked in. We are having a conversation about the North Carolina House and the North Carolina General Assembly short session, which has ended, and just trying to highlight some of what happened in this past session. The other voice that you hear locked in with me is Representative Amber Baker, who represents Forsyth County in the House, and I'm just having a conversation about some of the things that she's proud of and some of the things that she's most disappointed by in this last session. You know, the other thing that we thought was going to pass, Representative Baker, was this medical cannabis bill um again very shocking Uh, a number of powerful senate republicans on board with the bill um including senator raven um who who chairs the rules committee um and uh, you know but the bill made it to the house side and just just couldn't couldn't get it through we did have um ed haynes who come on the show and you know he's with this north carolina medical cannabis association and he actually said it was the black caucus on the North Carolina House that on the North Carolina House side that held up the legislation. What what would what would be your reaction to that?
2: I don't know that that's accurate because I think that there were a number of of opponents of the bill on both sides, not just the black caucus. I think um, people that have some concerns still have the misunderstanding that uh, marijuana is not necessarily a gateway drug to. Um, other drug usage and so I think educating everyone to help them to understand that that's not the case and you know that um, as long as we don't consider all of our options concerning cannabis that disproportionately um, people of color have been um, criminalized and um, they have received higher sentences for lesser uh, quantities of marijuana. So I think it's time for us to have an honest conversation um, and, and to stop making our concerns a, a moral debate, right? We, we tend to get lost um, in a lot of issues and we we want to crouch the, our, our discontentment on bills as a moral issue. Um, and so I think that we do ourselves an injustice when we do that um, because grown people can make grown people decisions and there are a number of things that are plaguing our communities um, that we need to address um, that have very real consequences and you and I have talked about the sweepstakes but we don't talk about that right yeah um, the sports betting bill that bill I don't know why that bill died but for a whole News cycle. We talked about why that bill didn't pass when there were other very real issues that we needed to stay focused on and trying to address.
0: The Triad Podcast Network is presented by Icon Custom Builders in Winston-Salem. We've all been there. You're thinking of making some changes around the house. So, what do you do? You take to social media, ask for recommendations to make those home improvements. And inevitably, you get 20 responses, and each one has a different answer. You're even more confused. Well, we're here to make it easy for you. Just talk to our friends at Icon Custom Builders. Whether it's a large or small renovation, they've been transforming homes in the triad since 2005. And like we've been saying for several months now, chances are you've got more equity in your home than you realize. So now could be the perfect time to consider some upgrades. Maybe you want to modernize your kitchen or optimize your outdoor space for entertaining. You can even restore your older home with a more functional layout and design while preserving the original character and charm. Whatever's on your wish list, Icon can help turn it into reality. Now, if you're like me, the whole idea of home renovation is overwhelming. But not to worry, Icon has a full-service design-build team that guides homeowners through every step of the process. Just visit their website, IconCustomBuilders.com, to schedule a consultation and start your dream project today.
1: I've been on record saying numerous times you can't legislate morality and you know people are going to choose to do the things they want to do. And, and quite frankly, um, you can make cannabis illegal and people are obviously clearly going to find ways to purchase it and consume it. Um, so I, I do think sort of bringing those people out of the shadows and bringing the cannabis economy out of the shadows and and, and more into the public space makes a lot of sense. I, I'm I'm actually happy to see some very powerful Republicans finally get get on board with this idea because they they've resisted and fought it for for a while. Still, a lot of Republicans in the Senate not on board with it. I think this was the first time we saw a Bill come through the Senate side where. Republicans didn't actually have enough of their their caucus actually voting for it It passed out of the Senate with the help of a lot of Democrats. Um, But if it would have been left up to Republicans, the bill would have still failed. I think that's going to be a bill that we see come back up in the next session. You know, I think they'll continue to work on that bill and hopefully try to get more more people on board with supporting it. Um, You talk about very real issues that we need to talk about. There was a um, poll that was done here recently in North Carolina. Where they asked voters, what are some of the most important issues to you right now? What are the things that you're mostly thinking about? Of course, the economy was number one and, and just some of the concerns around inflation. Um, but the the second one that really took notice to me because I was I was a part of a leadership group this this year that was working on this issue was housing. Um, And as we start to see all this economic development and all these people wanting to move to North Carolina and North Carolina being ranked as number one for business and all these great things that can cause people to get into our state, um, we got to have places for these people to live, um, number one. And we also got to make sure we have adequate housing um, for the people that are already here, the, the residents that already called North Carolina home. We can't price them out. Is there any real substantive debate happening right now in the General Assembly or on the House side? around how do we address this, this this housing crisis that we're in here in North Carolina?
2: Well, you know, Algernon, let me go on record as saying that, you know, when, when you first brought me on and I first um, got pushed into running, you know, housing, education, and workforce development were my three major topics. And remember, I said that they're intertwined. And in order for us to really get better schools we've got to get people into higher paying jobs and we've got to give them health care and then they've got to be quality places for them to live and so um you know so this is not a new thing for me like you know it, it's been very real and and part of what um i found probably most frustrating for lack of a better word is that You have so many legislators that are really out of touch with just how um, much people are suffering, right? And so because I try to stay close to the people that I represent, I I have a very real sense about what people are going through. And so um, met several times with um, the Realtors Association because, of course, their concern was Um, the the evictions and how they were going to weather that storm. Well, now that we've moved away from the moratorium, we've got to think strategically about how do we create um, quality work? I'm going to say workforce housing, right? Moving away from affordable because affordable for who, right? Affordable for a retiree is going to look different than affordable for someone that's making eight or $9 an hour. Affordable for someone, making eight or nine dollars is going to look very different from a recent college grad. So affordable is not necessarily um, the best way to describe it. Um, And I just don't think that um, there is a serious conversation around it, because if it doesn't directly affect the people who are making the bills, I just think that there is some insensitivity to what, those issues are. And I think with the housing situation, it's not a new thing, Um, but it is it has reached crisis level. I think here in the city, I've heard the mayor say several times, I think we're 50,000 units short. Yeah. Well, what is the plan for that? We see all of these beautiful apartments going up, but yet we don't have a plan. And, you know, uh, myself, along with Representative um, Terry, Evelyn Terry and Senator Lowe, we were able to get the conveyance bill passed this year which uh, my understanding that that had been ser- there have been several attempts at that. So I do know that the, that the city is working specifically for Forsyth on a plan for how do we begin to abate some of those um, housing situations but we really need a plan like yesterday. so we don't need to still be building this plan when we knew. That there was some shortcomings that was coming down the pike, but overall, that's not been a conversation, right? Because again, we passed. I I think there's there's been like over 400 bills that have you know been filed and. Uh, everything from festivals <laughs> to a vigorous debate on <laughs> a vigorous debate on uh, making uh, muscadine juice required in schools, right? Um, those things are not <laughs> I, I'm sure to somebody those are important issues. But when we're talking about bread and butter table issues, um, I think that's part of why um, people are frustrated. Yeah. Um, not only with Raleigh, but with D.C. and with politicians in general, is that there is just a lack of sensitivity of what our people are going through.
0: This show is presented by The Ginther Group, a real estate team based right here in the Triad and the only ones we trust here on the Triad Podcast Network. I've been podcasting with Blake Ginther and his team for a few years now, always blown away by how well the experts at The Ginther Group can make sense of a rapidly changing and oftentimes chaotic real estate market. I know I feel smarter after each episode we record right here on the Triad Podcast Network. Then when it came to sell a home, I chose the Ginther Group. They steered me in the right direction at all times in terms of how much time and money to invest in order to maximize the things I wanted out of the transaction. And we ended up selling for nearly 10% above asking. Look, I can't guarantee you the same results, but why wouldn't you at least meet with them and see what's possible? Call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com to see if the Ginther Group can help you own your future. Now back to the show.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I think you're right. And th- there's a huge need for, for workforce development housing. And um, I know a lot of people don't like to use the word affordable. That that comes with some negative connotations at times. So we we use the word workforce, dev- workforce housing. Um, But there's just a huge need for it. And and if we don't get out in front of it, it, it's it's now I think it has the potential of, of even crippling some of our economic development efforts. So even some of the more conservative members of the General Assembly. Who are business friendly and talk a lot about small business and business growth, um, to grow businesses and grow companies, you actually need places for the employees to live and, and companies make decisions about where they're going to locate their, their companies and their headquarters based on things like housing. So I, I do think we need a comprehensive strategy. I want to encourage the General Assembly to really look strongly at, at zoning laws. I, I, I think zoning laws are being used Um, in a way to prevent high-density development. And when you can't have high-density development, it's very difficult to make it affordable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I live in in West End, which is a sort of a historic neighborhood here in Mm Winston-Salem. Most people would consider uh, a more well-to-do neighborhood. But what I've always been really intrigued by when I go around the neighborhood is the number of big houses you see next to quadplexes. And then you'll see a triplex next to another big house. And, you know, right next to my house is an actual um, um, income-controlled senior facility. Facility. So I have seniors living right next door to my house. So historically, we have developed these sort of mixed income, mixed use type communities where you've got some dense high density residential with single family homes. Um, but but we have largely moved away from that in the last 30, 40 years. And I think it's caused um, the prices of housing to be be, be even higher. So I, I think we've got to look at everything. we got to look at zoning. we got to look at funding. Um, we we need bonds out there. I know this um, Guilford County put up is putting a bond referendum on the next ballot to, for affordable housing. I hope for Scythe County, Winston Salem does the same thing. Representative Baker, you're actually on the ballot this year for a lot of people that don't don't keep up with all this. This is an election year, so in in November. Um, there's going to be some big elections happening, not just the U.S. Senate, which everyone's talking about, um, and, and obviously some of the more um, federal um, races that are happening. But right here in your backyard, you, you've got your General Assembly members are going to be on the ballot. Um, Representative Baker, from my audience that may be listening, may not know a lot about you. What, what would you like to tell them um, for, for this upcoming November?
2: Well, I, you know, what I would say is that um, I'm a fighter. Uh, And uh, I I go, I try to fight for what's right, Um, not necessarily a partisan fight. But I I try to keep um, based in my arguments the humanity of the people that I represent on both sides. Right. Because I do think that while I'm a Democrat, I have Republican constituents. And so I have to be sensitive to their needs as well. But I'm also a listener. And I do try to get to um, some sense of camaraderie and to work to towards some consensus to get things done. And I, I would like to go back for a second term to continue to work on that. Because I do think that I bring a fresh voice and a fresh perspective to the legislature, um, having you know come just straight out of the workforce of education. And again, I live in one of the, highly impacted areas in the city, and that's by choice. Um, And so I'm not just narrowly focused on those issues. I have to be concerned, again, about the issues for all of the district that I represent. So, I'm looking to go back a second term, I'm willing to work for that vote. Um, And again, looking for opportunities to work across the aisle when I can. And so um, I would say um, a vote for me would be a person that would be considered um, a team builder, a consensus builder. And so
1: Well, to my audience, who I know largely live right here in Forsyth County, um, take a moment, go learn about Representative Amber Baker. Um, She um, not only just gave you a great update on what's happening with the General Assembly, but she's also asking for your vote in November. She is on the ballot. Um, She's a regular guest here on Locked In. She's always made herself available to come and and share insight. And she's a good friend of mine. I'll I'll just go ahead and throw that out there as well. So go learn more about her. and, And if you're compelled to do so, cast a vote for representative baker in november representative thank you for locking in with me and to my audience thank y'all for locking in make sure you stay tuned to wtob every sunday morning at 7 30 because that's where you can lock in with me but if you happen to miss it hopefully you're subscribed to the podcast and you can download that on apple pandora spotify wherever you get your favorite podcast you can lock in there with me and make sure you do follow algin uncash on facebook instagram and youtube and until next time y'all stay locked in
0: the executive producer of the locked in podcast is Algernon cash for wcg the associate producer is tim beeman for such and such media the views and opinions in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and are not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting company this podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without express written consent of WGC.